friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Friends for NBA Deadline Day 2021, March 25th, 2021, otherwise known as Kyle Lowry's birthday. Happy 35th. He's staying, and somewhat shockingly, after a whirlwind two weeks or so, we will walk the road of what in the good name of Pop So just happened here. I'm Tim McCall. You are my friends. And kids, we are going Vin Diesel on this bad boy today. Yes, it is going to be fast and furious. Other scheduled friends for the day include Eric Smith, Alvin Williams, Michael Grange, Mark Stein, and Matt Devlin on the deadline. And listen... Some really intriguing stories brewing in the Scotia North Division. So we will enlist the services of Chris Johnston ahead of the Leafs and Sens tonight. Eric Francis from Calgary after back-to-back losses to the Sens and their fourth-string goalie have the Flames reeling. That's all coming up. But first things first. First things first. In a year of chaos, the NBA trade deadline provided almost the same. Chaos. In the immortal words of Bob Cole, for a moment it seemed like everything was happening. Because it was a complete overhaul in Orlando. Denver got better. Victor Oladipo to Miami. George Hill to the Sixers. And the greatest of them all. Lemon Pepper Lou Williams to Magic City. I mean, Atlanta. But after all that, of course, there was Toronto. First, the Raptors sent Norm Powell to Portland for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Then, Matt Thomas to the Jazz for a second-round pick. Then, Terrence Davis to Sacramento for another second-round pick, opening a couple of roster spots seemingly to set the stage so they could trade the greatest Raptor of all time, Kyle Lowry. On the heels of what felt like the quintessential Kyle Lowry performance and an exit that from 2,000 kilometers away here in Canada felt like a final goodbye and was treated as such on Twitter. Lowry walking down the tunnel, a gaze into the camera, a nod of the cap, a peace out to the souls of those who crowned him, Grote. Greatest Raptor of all time. It felt incomplete, like the end. But after rumors circled like he was dating a Kardashian, the Sixers were in. The Heat were in. The Lakers were making a late push. One by one, those suitors fell by the wayside. And the greatest Raptor of all time pulled a Leonardo DiCaprio from the Wolf of Wall Street. You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. The show goes on. What nobody knows if, like Leonardo, he will get his proper ovation, his proper send off. But he's a hell of a lot closer to that 
than he was yesterday. And whether that was because the Heat wouldn't include Tyler Hero or the Sixers balked at two first, who cares? That peace out in Tampa just didn't feel right for a guy who went from being dealt to the Knicks for world peace, literally met a world peace, Amon Schumpert in the first, and transformed Kyle Lowry. He transformed himself after many trials and tribulations into what I have said numerous times already, the consensus greatest Raptor of all time. A reminder then and now, sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. Whether he re-signs in Toronto or walks as a free agent is something the franchise and the player have talked about. And they were obviously good with. And after DeMar DeRozan's departure, don't kid yourself, that means something. So as the box score glancers looked at last night's eight points, nine assists, and five rebounds and muttered, big whoop, or what the hell are we talking about here? Real Raptor fans knew it was much more. Like a plus 42 in 33 minutes, the second highest number in franchise history, and oh so close to the NBA record, the near embodiment of the intangibles that make Kyle Lowry special. That smile in knowing for real Raptor fans, that understanding turned just as quickly into another understanding, a lament, a realization that he might not get his proper send-off. This, I'll let you enjoy that. Um, man, you're, you're going to the NBA Finals for the first time in your career. That's what he deserves. Listen, it's 2021. I have no idea what will happen tomorrow, let alone in the offseason. But I do know one thing. Raptor fans, you are one step closer to getting that again. First things first. Here to help me figure this all out is a guy who has so many links to what just all went down today. Listen, not only is he a Philly guy like Kyle Lowry, not only was he a heart and soul point guard for the Toronto Raptors, like the man that we are talking about right now, but he was also included in a deal that once sent Gary Trent to the Raptors from Portland for another franchise great one guard in Damon Stoudemire. It was Gary Trent Sr., but I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, children of all ages, my friend and yours, Alvin Williams, joins me now. What's going on? What's going on, Al? How are you? I, I, I finally made it to being Tim's friend. <laughs> uh, you've been a friend for a long time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, your man, the guy that you know pretty well, uh, Kyle Lowry, got the chip and he didn't have to dip. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this is something that I think Kyle will definitely appreciate and hopefully understands how big this is, I think, for his career. I think for, for Kyle, his heart has always been in Toronto. I, want, I think he wanted to remain in Toronto. But sometimes with your mind, it wanders sometimes. You know, you, you think about possibilities. You think about 
the Miamis, you think about the LeBrons in L.A., you think about those things, but I know for a fact Kyle's heart's always been in Toronto, you know, especially this later part of his career. So for those who didn't see you uh, live on the air and on sportsnet.ca earlier today with Brad Fay, when you heard the news that he was staying, I want to play the reaction from one Alvin Boogie Williams uh, when he heard the news. <laughs> so Alvin, just bear with me here as I play it for the audience. Just now being reported, Michael, that uh, the Raptors are going to stand down and keep Kyle Lowry for at least the rest of this season. So there's Alvin. <laughs> Alvin's got a great relationship with Kyle Lowry. Those that don't know, same alma mater. He was uh, really uh, a mentor to Kyle in the early days in Toronto. And uh, so Alvin's happy to hear it. I know a lot of Raptor fans are happy to hear it. Okay, so so what was behind that reaction? Was there was there some wisdom in that reaction because you've gone through the retirement, you've gone through the end, and maybe we will get to see a proper send-off to Kyle Lowry? I, I, I just know from me being in where I am, as you mentioned, the retired, the older Alvin, and knowing the importance of playing in Toronto and – the importance and the value of an experience that I, I, I haven't gained from anywhere else. And I know just watching Kyle, it's been the same with him. He's developed as a man here. He's achieved heights of his career. And he continues to get better and he continues to lead a team. So the person that Kyle has become, Toronto, the country of Canada, has a lot to do with it. And I just feel... That's very important. Basketball, it comes to an end. The fans, that comes to an end. The notoriety comes to an end to a degree. But what was not is the things that's going to make you, the things that help you become the human being that you ultimately become. And I feel like Canada's been that for Kyle. And, and I just would love to see him continue and finish his career here whenever he decides to hang him up. But... I just, I just selfishly, I just know how important it is to be here in Canada and Toronto and for this organization. All right, Al, as a dude whose father once served you steak in my backyard, did you think he was gone when he gave the peace out sign as he was walking down the tunnel in Tampa? Not at all, man. No? Like, Kyle always does, like, he gives <laughs> right. you that. Like, he come over to the house. Like, I've seen that from Kyle a lot, and I'm sure... Like, if you go back, you'll see him do a lot of those things to the camera before, after games, whatever, saying hello. But I will say this. Like, you have pieces of you that serve as a defense mechanism so you don't get surprised or you don't get, yeah. you know, backdoored and, and you want to prepare yourself for those things. So a lot of times that's what it is. But I don't think it was more of a peace sign because I don't, I don't feel that the Raptors organization would have made a move without at this at this point without Kyle having buy-in and Kyle having some type of say so at that point it was nothing there yet so I don't think Kyle really understood what was going on for him to give a peace sign and say peace to everybody in Canada 
Alvin Williams joining me from Philadelphia here on Tim and Friends. Uh, we're going to get to Jesse Rubinoff and all of your reaction to Kyle Lowry staying. I got to get your reaction to Norm Powell and Gary Trent Jr. because there was a deal that was made. And listen, when you as a franchise do good, do a good job in drafting and developing, these things tend to happen. Was this a case, Alvin, of Norm Powell becoming so good that they could no longer afford him? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. You know, you have a situation where Norm Powell is becoming a restricted free agent. And he was going to opt out but um, and become an unrestricted free agent. So... Well, not a restricted free agent. He would have opted out his last year. It became an unrestricted free agent. Right. Had a player option. And the, the way, he, yep, that's the, the way he's playing and the level he's playing. That he was going to attract other teams and a, at a high pay. So that's what that's due to due to norm. He played his butt off to put himself in that position. Now it's like, can you still continue that path and continue that growth and stay in that groove that you've been with in Toronto and take it to Portland? and continue to keep your value up. The only thing I'm hesitant, I just hate to see a player that was grooving like Norm was playing, yeah. even though it wasn't translating to wins. Now you're in a situation where you got a Damian Lillard, you got a, you got a McCollum, you got other players there. You're not just going to come in there and get back in that groove all the way, right, automatically. So hopefully he can find that niche and people still understand the value and make sure that he's he's paid his worth because he definitely owes it owes it to himself and he deserves it. Never forget we the norm. Never forget playoff Powell. Uh, Osmos needs yeah, to open man. a spot in Portland because uh, they've got a dude there now. So Gary Trent Jr. is an interesting. So a lot of people are looking at Gary Trent Jr. Sorry, and saying this is kind of mini norm and. It, gives you a little bit of cap flexibility because he won't cost as much as Norm is about to get paid, which is probably around $20 million. Um, Gary Trent Jr., you, you came to Toronto with Gary Trent Sr. What do you know about the little man, or who's not so little? I, well, I'll tell you this. His, his father was one of a kind. There was somebody <laughs> that, when you talk about two opposite people, two opposite backgrounds, everything, and... That was my man when we first moved to Toronto together. And I got some stories, but I'll, I'll keep that. We'll, we'll talk about that off air. But his son, man, Gary Trent Jr., he's a guy that can space the floor. I believe with him and Rodney Hood, it gives the team more, more flexibility. It gives them, you know, from a playing standpoint, you know, I think your bench increases. I think your bench gets a little deeper. And you have players that can, that can score the basketball and score from the outside. Gary Trent Jr. will space the floor. He's a great shooter. He had a heck of a, uh, a moment in, uh, in the, the bubble, bubble yeah. last year, which was transferred into the season this year. So he's playing at a high level. He comes from a good – he got a good pedigree of, you know, his father and then coming from Duke. So he knows how to play the game and is a great kid as well. So he's going to bring this team a lot of excitement, a lot of things that go into the future, I believe. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., for those who don't know, 6'5 shooting guard in his third year, 22-year-old uh, averaging just over 15 points per game. So lost in all of what transpired yesterday. And I'm going to tell you, here and on Twitter in Canada, Alvin, yesterday felt like a, a goodbye. It felt like a Kyle Lowry appreciation night. And, and maybe Toronto will end up getting that uh, with fans in the stands, and that would be awesome to see the proper send-off for Kyle Lowry. But lost in all of that, 
was how well they played last night. And maybe it had to do with the fact that Denver was on the second half of back-to-backs. But if you look at this roster and Kyle stays, and I don't know if they can go out on the buyout market and get a big to help them out a little bit more, but does it feel like they can still make a little bit of a run here? Yeah, that, that would be ideal. If they can get if they can get a big body and just somebody that can, you know, clog the paint up a little bit, even though that's not the game, it's more space and pace. But you still need that big body that can defend and, and grab those rebounds and things like that, which the Raptors are missing. You know, they missed that since Mark and Serge left the team last they will begin this year. So but with with that with that being said, I do believe this team has gotten deeper. And when you keep a Kyle Lowry, you're telling everyone that we're still competing. We're still here to play because Kyle is not settling for less. And then you still have the other pieces with Fred, OG, Pascal, and you still have that. So we're still going forward and we're still making this team and we're still making a push. We're not laying down for anyone. And I do believe the moves that they've made will put them in position to still compete. You got the play in. You got the end. Of the, you got the playoffs from six to eight, so you still got opportunity. Now, how far you go, I don't know. But all you want to do is start playing well at the right time of the season and get into those playoffs, and anything can happen, especially this time of the year because everything is going on with the pandemic and everything like that. So, so much uncertainty. The Raptors give themselves a great chance to still compete. All right, we talk about that uncertainty. And before I let you go, just to let you know, I don't know when the quarantine will be taken down. I don't know when we'll go from 14 to seven days, although for NHL players, it looks like seven days. We'll get into that later. I don't know when any of that happens, Al, but I do know the weather got nice this weekend. And Uncle Timmy went in the backyard and I started sweeping up. Everything's clean. I even got the shop vac out, Al. And I started vacuuming my backyard to make sure it's clean. So when you're back in the city, when you're back in the country, we're doing steaks, all right? Whoa, 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 whoa. You missed the most important ingredients, the steaks and dad. Well, yeah. I mean, you got the shop vac, you cleaned up. But where's the steaks and dad at? I Pop, mean, Pops I'm is not always coming there. If, if dad... All right, Pops there. As long as Pops is there, then I'm going to be there too, man. Pops My is man. a fixture. Uh, he will, he will <laughs> glad, still talks about, he said that he made steak for two other people that were supposed to come, and then Al just ate all of the steak that was ready for everyone else that didn't come. Uh, so he's waiting for well, you. God. I'm waiting for you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Same here, man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, there is Alvin Williams in his native Philadelphia, uh, born and raised just like... Kyle Lowry, who remains a Raptor, which is still somewhat shocking to me as we bring in Jesse Rubinoff, our digital producer on the day. I'm going to be honest with you. When everything was happening early in the day and there was the three-way deal with the Sixers and there was the Norm Powell deal and then the two second-round picks come back for Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis, I'm thinking in my head, this is happening. It's a fait accompli. He is done. And lo and behold, it never happened. You thought they were clearing roster spots. I think every Raptor fan, right up until 3 p.m., the deadline, and then the Woj tweet, which was just after 3 (laughs) p.m., because you know sometimes they trickle in after 3 p.m. The Woj tweet, then Raptor fans could take a a sigh, a, a deep breath, or you could get all riled up, which is what we've seen from Raptors fans. There are Raptor fans that are riled up with the no movement from the Kyle Lowry uh, front. And for the first time on Tim and Friends, at least, we have a match game to introduce. Hey. Hey, yo. And we asked, Raptors trade deadline left me feeling blank. 
Oh, and I'll tell open. you, there is a wide range of responses. Wide open. I got it. So why don't we have a look at some of the good ones that I chose from many. All right. Callum writes in, conflicted, heart is happy, brain is not. Hmm. I think that, that speaks for many. Oh, we'll see. It's not funny. Nope. It's not. It's just... Can you go back to it, Callum, please? A little bit like a poet there. Yeah. Conf- it was a bit of a haiku. Very philosophical. Conflicted, heart is happy, brain is not. Like, you wanted whatever Kyle Lowey exactly. would bring back, but in the end... You're happy that you will maybe get a send-off. I think your intro said it perfectly. The fans want to be there to be able to send them off yeah, in some way. The chanting is unbelievable. Every time I hear it, I get chills. All right, let's move on here because there are a lot of good responses. TB says, had me feeling like they failed to trade a valuable player during an obvious rebuilding year and will now lose him for nothing in the offseason. <laughs> okay. So that's on the negative side of things. The Raptors trade deadline left me feeling blank is the match game today. The Raptors trade deadline left me feeling blank. Like when Matt Sundin never got traded then walked for nothing to the Canucks during the offseason. Here's the thing, though. We don't know that Kyle Lowry is going to be walking for nothing. He could. That's an assumption. He could. He could also resign. But he could also resign. There could be a sign-in trade. He spent nine years here since 2012. And maybe he has so much respect for this organization, he says, let's do a sign-in trade. I'll throw you a bone. Maybe. Can, I, can I give you a little secret to deadline days and July 1st in the NHL and signing days and off-seasons in Major League Baseball? They're always incomplete. That's and right. And people yell and scream about who won, who lost. <laughs> And then if Bobby Webster ends up joining us later, I will grill him on things that are incomplete. Yeah. And that's just the truth, yeah. always. But people on Twitter don't care about that. They're not willing to sit and wait for the no, next four months. No, but people watching months. can listen. 100%. That's where you edge your com- Yeah, they can comprehend. There you go. And then come out the other side better for it. And you're right, that is more? the edutainment. Let's do a couple more right. here. Craig says, have me feeling like I'm ready to watch a five-hour parade without a break in another couple of years. <laughs> Smiley face. The team has kept a leader and will solve what it needs to solve. A little believe in Maasai there from Craig. Mm. And we had the Sandine comparison. Brent says, makes me feel like a Blue Jays fan all over again when Shapiro Atkins held on to Donaldson one year too long and ended up with absolutely nothing from that trade. Yeah. Here's the hoping they could do better with Lowry. That's interesting. Century. Sick to my stomach. We got to do a sign-in trade for Lowry in the offseason. We literally can't afford to lose any more guys and get nothing in return. Look at our garbage bench. Okay, but here's here's the one thing that I don't think that maybe Century knows this and is just lost in the moment, but cap space is an asset. Right. Now, that cap flexibility that the Raptors have maintained throughout this season has yet to be used other than to re-sign OG Ananobi and up his number a little bit. Mm-hmm. But eventually they will use the cap flexibility that they have saved, and that becomes players. So even if Kyle Lowry walks, you now have $30 million that you can spend elsewhere. And I don't think enough Raptor fans are taking that into consideration right now. Kyle's still a really good basketball player also. If they re-sign him and then they go and use this cap space, 
you never know. I know this team just had a nine game winning streak, but or losing streak, but last night they looked pretty good. Is this just saying? Is this fun or torturous? Like is today the today, last uh, night? No. All of it is it fun or torturous for fans of any sport? And I'm not even saying Raptor fans. Like I'm just saying fans of sports. Is this fun or torturous? Today torturous. Maybe you can look back on it and think it was a little bit enjoyable later. But t- yes, last night was torturous. Why do Kyle I find Lowry this fun? Then? Flashing the the peace sign. This is like, oh, he's gone for sure, and then he's not gone. It's a whole whirlwind these, of emotions. These swings of emotions it's are fun. Cr- yeah, that's fun. Yeah, is it yeah, not? I think you're right. That's fun. Sebi, can you agree with me on that There's one? There's joy in torture sometimes. There you go. That's part of why we're all fans, is to experience those highs and lows on something that really means nothing. Yeah. And we've learned that in a pandemic. I mean, we love our sports, but it doesn't mean all that much. <laughs> and it's just great to be able to have these swings of emotions when we're dealing with all we're dealing with in 2021. Or maybe that's just me. Plenty more Raptors talk on the way. In fact, most of the show, Michael Grange, Eric Smith, Matt Devlin, Mark Stein, will weigh in on the Raptors did and didn't do at the deadline. Tim and Friends continues. Is this possibly goodbyes? Is it possibly the last time we have seen arguably the greatest Raptor of all time wear the Raptors uniform? Kopp has his fourth. Andrew Kopp on the back end, a four-goal game, and the Jets lead 5-0. Norman Guys, we have a, a special guest here. I, I'm here to I'm translate. I'm a translator. <laughs> you know you're not. Deadline day in the NBA has come and gone, or at least the deadline has come and gone. And for me, at least, it's been fun. I don't know about Michael Grange, who is still staring at his phone, looking at texts that are coming in uh, by the moment, all over from the start. Michael, thanks for doing this with me. Always good to be your friend, Tim. Um, How did this all play out? Because I'm going to be honest with you, and I said it to Jesse in the opening block, I said it to Alvin, I watched... The piece out at the end of the tunnel, and then I watched Kyle Lowry talk to the media for 25. And shout out Ryan Moans, Moines here, the producer at Sportsnet, who played the entire 23-minute press conference for everyone to see Kyle Lowry, what I thought was saying goodbye. How did this all play out? Well, you're not wrong. I mean, I think that was uh, definitely the tone being on that press conference, and um, he was preparing to say goodbye and I think the way this day shaped up uh, you know starting from the morning uh, there was definitely a feeling I think in Raptors in the Raptors executives that that you know there was moves to be made and uh, they were exploring them I think the talk about the Lakers was real there was absolutely talk about with Miami that was real I mean there's no disputing that it was real and Philly and you know but there was always and I think at one point uh, early in the morning uh, if you had asked Kyle Lowry he would have told you he was going to Philly that's how it was looking and um, you know but that was I think was turned out to be more of kind of like one of those pressure plays right you try and uh, get the you know, you kind of get a word out there that, that one team's close, and that's a signal to 
for the other team to kind of maybe Step it up. Can, can they pick up their their offer but and this goes back to when I was with you the last time and, yeah. and things like that. I'm not going to come on here and say I was right saying that Kyle Lowry wasn't moved because uh, it was I could have very easily been wrong. So I'm not even claiming I'm right. All I've ever claimed all along, even as things unfolded and got closer, was that it was never not a possibility that we'd keep Kyle Lowry. Right. It was never not on the table. And that was, you know, in the same breath as, as you know, some of those conversations I was having this morning, that was always there, is, is this guy is a great player. He's going to be worth every penny we end up paying him in free agency if we keep him in free agency. Uh, this time next year at the trade deadline, he, remains, he would remain an af- asset. There's no concerns or fears that he's going to performance-wise fall off a cliff. So um, when you kind of mix all those factors in and weigh them against the trade op- opportunities that might have been out there or were out there, you're not under any pressure to make a deal unless you actually think you're improving your team and your franchise going forward. And when you think about it that way, Tim, yeah, how hard is it to actually improve your team by sending out the door Kyle Lowry? Right. And you gotta you got to contemplate that for a second and let it sit in. And this is why I was talking about culture for the last week on this show is because you oftentimes your best players set your culture. And Kyle Lowry's bulldog, like you see it in Fred Van Vliet. You, you understand the way they scrap and claw for everything that they have. A lot of that started with Dwayne Casey, DeMar DeRozan, and Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry continues to set that culture. And so in saying that, and I just, I just wanted people to allow that to marinate a little bit and set in. In saying that, do you think that the Raptors now are close to getting an extension done with Kyle Lowry? Is that something they've talked about? Like, how far down the road is that? It's absolutely on the table. They they know, they have an idea of what the marketplace is, and I think for that I would refer to the other times that Kyle Lowry has been heading into free agency as a Raptor. This will be his third time, yeah. I believe. It was an extension. He's on an extension right now, so there's been three free agency periods. And the approach was kind of the same in each case. Um, it was we believe that we're the best place for Kyle Lowry. We're going to make him feel like he's wanted and honored and appreciated, but we're fully going to let him go out into the marketplace if that's what he wants to do and find out and know for sure. Because we, if we do bring him back, we'd rather him come back going, yeah, this, this, was, this, this is the best opportunity for me to achieve my goals financially, competitively, versus, you know, here's a number and, and, and you know, we're going to lowball you and because when you kind of look at when you start breaking down what is out there, if a team in terms of teams that might be able to sign him into cap space, mm-hmm. it's not that long a list. Right. And if you're trying to kind of collate, you know, a teams that can give him a dollar that he's worth based on his performance. What, what like, do you think we're talking about? Like two years, twenty-five a year? Like what is it? Like I, I think twenty. Thirty. I, I think it would be the floor would be twenty. Yeah. And I don't know if it goes much above twenty-five. I right. mean, but you never know. But it, but part of that is just market-driven, right? Like I yeah. mean, who's there's no team out there that's going to give him two years sixty. So there's going to be some kind of pullback. And you know, for Kyle, I think the real challenge is going to be if he absolutely wants to win a ring, and he sees a very clear path to winning a ring. 
would he be a guy who'd play at the mid-level for three years and $30 million or something like that? Right. You know, and if that's the step he wants to take, he's the world's his oyster. Correct. But he's, you know, who wouldn't want Kyle Lowry on $10 million bucks, right? Right. I mean, he's a $20 million player, minimum. Right. So I think that's that's the neighborhood we're talking about. Uh, Michael Grange is in the studio here on Tim and Friends. A bunch of others are going to stop by. So I, I don't know if you know this, and this is a tough position to put you in. Uh, however, uh, you are a Raptors insider. D- did... Was it Tyler Hero that tripped it up in Miami and in Philadelphia? Was it two firsts? Like what What was standing in the way and having them go to Victor Oladipo and George Hill? Yeah, I was saying that, you know, I've been saying that for the last few days, that it yeah. was going to come down to, at least in Miami, it was going to come down to Tyler Hero. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. One is Tyler Hero of, so we're really, in terms of prospects that Miami had, to, to put in a deal. You had Preston Sachua, the rookie big. Yeah. You had Tyler Hero, second-year wing scorer. And you had... Uh, oh, my old man. Well, Olenek went the other way. Sorry. And... and um, Duncan Robinson. Thank Duncan you. Robinson. I'm, I'm sorry. I've yeah, slept yeah, about yeah. two hours shooter. in a week. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. exaggerating. My bad. So those are two of the three. I should have had that. Is it, no problem. And so, you know, so you would have wanted two out of those three. And the reason you were stuck on Harrow, or why I should say Miami was stuck in Harrow. I think Harrow's probably the best player out of those three. Yes. And But the challenge for Miami is if they make that trade and they end up with Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry, as we just talked about, needs is a free agent this summer. He's going to yeah. want a chunk of money. Jimmy Butler is uh, extension eligible, so that's a max. You got Bam Adebayo, a max. And so when you fill out a roster around those guys, you're very close to luxury tax territory, maybe even luxury tax repeating territory, which right. kind of hurts you as a competitive entity. And so, you know, when you got Tyler Harrow, who's maybe the best player of those three, who's on a $2 million deal, a rookie deal for the next couple of years, you're really going to – it's really hard to walk yeah. to give that up. And let's not forget Miami basically let LeBron James go back to Cleveland because of luxury tax yeah. and luxury tax repeating. Yeah. So, so, and, uh, and then I think as it relates to Philly – I think there's a couple issues there. I, I'm not sure how badly Kyle Lowry wanted to go to Philly. Like, I mean, mm. and we've all heard, like, I'm not trying to paint a picture that he didn't or he doesn't, but, you know, I think out of his options, the challenge with Philly is like you're going to your hometown. On one hand, it's great, but we all know there's Pressures. a reason a lot of yeah. pro athletes choose not to. And uh, it's more complicated, more pressure. And then when you're, if you're beside a jury and your return, again, this is Kyle Lowry. The reason we're all excited and talking about this because he's freaking awesome. Right. And so, and you trade Kyle Lowry and you get uh, Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Tybold. Yeah. That's, I think, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's not much. Like, uh, those aren't players that are going to move the needle for you now. Uh, I Tyrese Maxey's probably the better of those two. How does he match up when your next two best players are 27 and 28 years old? Yeah. Um, and two future first. Look, there's, it's not like there's not value in that. I just don't. I think they were more interested in finding young players that could help them sooner and, uh, and grow with and, the core. And grow with the core. And that's why I think Miami was mm. probably all around the best, the best destination. All right. Uh, less than a minute here, and you've been wonderful with your time. Um, and I know that you haven't slept much in the last little while. No. We've been talking about this cap flexibility that the Raptors have had since uh, they allowed Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol to leave in order to leave room for Giannis Antetokounmpo. When do you think they use this cap flexibility? Well, they're on they're on track to use it, right? So I think before this, they would have projected to have about $23 million in realistic cap space. Yeah. And depending on what they do, um, that could be more or less used up. 
right. um, depending on how they treat uh, Gary Trent Jr. and what they do with Rodney Hood and, and all of that. So I don't think their, their track now is to be a big player for a swing big free agent. I think their track now is maybe to accumulate assets, remain competitive, uh, and you never know. Now, I probably would say their next long-term strategy, if there is one, and there is one, but their next long-term strategy is probably in position to make a trade if uh, things don't work out for Giannis. And we've seen that with, say, uh, Paul George in Oklahoma City. Yeah. where We've seen it a lot now. Yeah, he's seen a lot. Like, so he signed that deal. He's got his extension. That doesn't mean he's in Milwaukee forever. But if you want to be in competition to somehow go after a player like that, I'm not going to say him. Uh, you've got to have assets. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I've said it for a while. If, if they yeah. don't do anything in the postseason this year, there's no, there, nothing says in the recent history of the NBA that just because you signed a max deal that you will remain the place that you signed the max deal, especially a place that let a guy as good as Malcolm Brogdon go because they didn't want to pay their luxury tax. And we saw it with LeBron James. Michael, love you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, there is Michael Granger, our Raptors insider, on the day that Kyle Lowry stayed. Who would have thunk it would go that way? More reaction to the Raptors' deadline on the way. Kyle Lowry is staying. Norm Powell is out the door with Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood coming back the other way. We will keep breaking it down with Eric Smith next on Tim and Friends on the Sportsnet Family Channels. This is Tim and Friends on the Sportsnet family of channels. In honor of number seven sticking around, here are your seven best Kyle Lowry moments. Shot clock at four. Lowry, a two. Got it! A career high for Kyle Lowry. DeMar DeRozan telling him that he's the man, and he's right on this night. Point five to go in game three. OG with a look. Got it! OG and Anobi at the buzzer! What an amazing pass by Kyle Lowry. Lowry, half court heave, a prayer at the buzzer. Oh! Kyle Lowry! He hits! Overtime in Toronto! Start Lowry again. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry has shown up in Oakland and he has been dominant early. You're going to the NBA Finals for the first time in your career. That's not bad. Yeah, I can't really think right now. This is crazy. This is awesome, man. Toronto, Canada, we brought it home, baby. We brought it home. 
He's not leaving. He's staying. Uh, that also may have been made in anticipation of him leaving, but I digress. <laughs> Eric Smith joins me in the studio uh, of our Raptors broadcast on TV, radio, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Raptors. As you watch those moments back here in the studio, what jumps out to you is your favorite Kyle moment? Well, first of all, I just said it to you like 20 seconds ago, legit goosebumps on, <laughs> on a couple of those calls, and that's what we all love about sports, right? The fact that you get those little hairs on the back of your neck sticking up. Um, what stands out more than anything is, and I've said this a couple times now, Timmy, over the last 24 hours or so, mm-hmm. we watched this man grow and mature yeah. from when he came to Toronto to, to, to where he is now. So the fact that he's still going to be here for at least a few more months, if not longer, I think is certainly a good thing. And, and just to see the maturation of him as a player, let alone as a person, and hearing those chants of Lowry, Lowry, when, when, when he's standing there with Ernie Johnson at the, after winning the Eastern Conference uh, Finals and advancing to the championship, it, he means so much to this franchise. Currently, uh, I mean, past, present, future, everything that he, he, he means to this organization uh, cannot be understated. And, and the way that, I mean, that's the moment right there. Uh, you know, one of your producers, Ryan Walsh, hit me earlier. What's the moment that stand out? I said the smile and the fist pumps in game six, the realization of the championship. That, to me, the emotion that he plays with, uh, the emotion that he carries himself with on the floor, off the floor, the way he reps the city. I can't say enough good things uh, about Kyle Lowry. Yeah, mine was uh, was Mark Strong just introducing him. We showed the video of it yeah. at the parade where you realized who was going to carry the trophy rightfully into the people that had been waiting six hours and gone through so much for that moment. And when he lifted the trophy, it was very, very cool. So... Michael and I talked about how this came about. I want to talk to you about what's next. What was lost in yesterday's love affair with Kyle Lowry was they played pretty well. Now, I don't know (laughs) if that was just second half of back-to-backs. I don't know if that was understanding the moment that was – because I felt like OG and Pascal definitely felt the moment and thought, we might be getting the torch here. Like, this is our time to shine. We better show up. And it just it felt like it was a different team last night. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, even if you go back to last week, that game against the Jazz before the Rails sort of fell off yeah. late against Utah, that was another fine performance, great performance against uh, you know the best team in the league. Um, I think where they go from here is they're still a team that is capable of being very competitive and I think beating a lot of teams on any given night. You just got to wonder, have they dug too much of a hole with the nine-game losing streak? That said, you look at the standings, the fourth best team in the conference is a game above 500. There's still only four or five games separating fourth from 11th, 12th in the conference. So, you know, it's, it's bizarre as a fan, let alone as a, a broadcaster or whomever it may be. You look at the standings now, Timmy, and, you know, we've got that line drawn right now at six, but there's another line drawn at, at, at eight, and there's another line drawn at 10. You have to, as a fan now, at least this season, look at the standings in a different way and realize if you can just get to 10th, You're in that play-in tournament. And I'll tell you what, man, if the Raptors get in there, I don't think I would want to be facing a veteran squad that still has championship pedigree and experience with Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and, 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 and looking at that crew, OG Ananobi, and thinking, all right, is that a squad I want to face in a wild card type format? Or mm-hmm. if they do make it in, do I want to see them as a first or second seed? I got to deal with Toronto in the first round. They can still be a good team this year. And then in the offseason, all right, 
What are we looking at? Right. Are we talking about potentially re-signing Kyle Lowry? Is it a sign and trade? Because I think this core is still pretty good if you run it back for another season or two. All right, those who are clinging to it for this year. Yeah. There, there were many in the Raptors fan base saying, don't trade anybody. Let's see what this team can do. Go get a big. Right. Now, they didn't go get the big, but is there some bio bigs that they could be in on? I think the two best names, the two biggest names that, that everybody would know, Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge. It right. sounds like they're both going elsewhere. Based on everything I heard, even in the last hour, uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it sounds like Aldridge is probably going to the Miami Heat, uh, and it looks like Drummond will likely go, shockingly, to the Brooklyn Nets. Seems like everybody's <laughs> going to the Brooklyn Nets right now. Right. Um, and, and if not uh, Brooklyn, I've heard about the Lakers for Drummond as well. Right. Um, I think that, and listen, Toronto's going to do something. Because after the deals that they made, the smaller deals with Matt Thomas and, and Terrence Davis, there's at least one, if not two, roster spots available now. So there is flexibility. I think you could be looking at guys that maybe played on the G League team for them this year, and maybe they're looking at the 10-day the, the market, whether it be an Alizé Johnson. Maybe you're looking at Henry Ellenson again for a, a second 10-day. Right. And even though he's not a big, you know, Gary Payton II won Defensive Player of the Year this year in the G League, played with the Raptors 905. He could be somebody that they're eyeballing as well. Mm. We got less than a minute here, though. Though those two moves, the Matt Thomas and the Terrence Davis, to free yeah. up roster spots, that was in anticipation of maybe making the. Lowry. I think so. Yeah, like if you I gave so. Bobby Webster the truth serum, that's what it is. Well, because that's what I was thinking. By all indications, Miami from uh, Tim Reynolds, Associated Press, he's yeah. as plugged in around the Heat as anybody. He said the Heat were in it right to the bitter end. And all of a sudden, boom, they make the Oladipo deal. So I think nice. your assessment or your speculation is bang on. I didn't give you the proper intro to Friends of the Show, but can I ask you to stick around as a friend of the show for the rest of the show? I'm always a friend. I'll stick around. All no right. Problem. So second time around, I promise I'll give you the <laughs> proper welcome, but we came out of the sound-ups. All right. We're going to get you caught up to date on all the moves from around the NBA next. We'll be joined by Mark Stein, Matt Devlin, and more of your match games. After this, right here on Tim and Friends on the Sportsnet family of channels. Dogs, Mark Strong back here for hour number two. Tim and friends, Eric Smith. You saw Jesse Rubinoff. Eric Smith is in studio with me. We'll bring Matt Devlin and Mark Stein in this hour, plus the hockey story. Man, there is some interesting talk, Eric Smith, in Calgary. We'll get that from Eric Francis and Jack Campbell back in the net for the least. But first, NBA trade deadline passed about three hours ago. And the big news concerning the Raptors, Kyle Lowry, not Dell, the Raptors' uh, greatest player of all time, is staying in Toronto for now, at least. But that doesn't mean Bobby Webster and Masai weren't busy. In fact, they made three deals on the day. The biggest saw the Raps sending Norman Powell to the Trailblazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. The 22-year-old Trent is averaging 15 points per game on 40, in 41 games. He's also shooting 41% from the floor which is why I screwed that up. Uh, Toronto is also picking up a pair of future second-round picks. First one from the Utah Jazz in exchange for Matt 
Thomas, who had fallen out of favor with Nick Nurse, to say the least, while Terrence Davis was dealt to Sacramento for a second rounder. A few other big deals in the NBA to tell you about. First, Miami Heat, who were in on the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes for most of the day, instead acquire Victor Oladipo from the Houston Rockets in exchange for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and 2022 first-round swap rights. Now, Oladipo is averaging over 20 points per game in 20 games this season and can become a free agent this summer. Uh, Eric, is Miami good enough to beat Brooklyn with the Oladipo move? No. No, they're no. not. I think I think Miami is going to come back to regret uh, not giving up perhaps what they needed to to make that Kyle Lowry deal or something else. I, you know, Oladipo's good, but I don't think he's Kyle Lowry good, and I don't think the Heat are good enough to compete with, I mean, I would say Philadelphia or Brooklyn for that matter. I think the, the, the Heat are fine, but they're not championship caliber fine. Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and first-round swap rights. Was it going to be more for Kyle Lowry? Because I think there are a lot of fans out there saying, well, if that was the deal, who really cares? No, and I I would agree with that. In in fact, putting a a different twist maybe on on your question a bit, Timmy, I think what Miami gave up to get Oladipo was absolutely worth doing. I just don't know that it's going to make them a top three contender, a championship contender. It does make them better, and it wasn't a high price to pay. Houston could have and probably should have got more. If that's what the package was for Kyle Lowry, absolutely you're not making that deal if you're the Raptors. And, uh, you know, I think it really does come back to, and I'm sure Grange touched on this earlier, Duncan Robinson was who Miami was willing to give up. Right. The Raptors want Tyler Hero. And that's where the hardball came in, I think. Without a doubt. Uh, Meanwhile, the Clippers are getting Rajon Rondo from the Hawks for former sixth man of the year, Lou Williams, and two second-round picks. So the 35-year-old Rondo returns to L.A. where he won his second championship with the Lakers last season, while Lou Williams goes to Magic City. I mean, (laughs) Atlanta. Lemon Pepper Lou! Back in the ATL. Who doesn't love good wings, Timmy? Who doesn't love good wings? I mean, all this hate for good wings. (laughs) Uh, The Magic cleaned house today with a trio of deals. Orlando sending all-star center Nikola Vucevic and El Farika Minu to the Bulls in an interesting deal for Wendell Carter Jr., a pair of juniors, Otto Porter Jr., and two first-round picks. Vucevic, one of just four players to average 21 and 11 over the last three seasons. I want to get through all the Magic deals and get you in on this because they cleaned house. Aaron Gordon, Gary Clark, they go to the Nuggets for Gary Harris, rookie RJ Hampton, and Denver's 2025 protected first round pick. Gordon, fourth overall pick in 2014. He had asked for a trade out of Orlando. And finally, the Magic sent shooting guard Evan Fournier to the Celtics for a pair of second round picks. Fournier averaging a career high 19.7 points per game this year. So I want to get two angles on this. First is Orlando. Yep. Do you like them cleaning house? Because I don't mind. If you're not doing anything with those guys, why not start over again? Yeah, I mean, listen, if I was a Magic fan, I probably wouldn't love it at this point because, yeah, what, what are you doing with all our guys? But at the same time, look at the record. To, and it speaks exactly to what you were just saying. If you're not winning with these guys, then why not retool? Um, I'll put a Raptor spin on this a little bit, though, because you were asking me about the, the package that Houston got for Oladipo, what yeah. Miami gave up. When you look at Vucevic and El Farouk Amino, that what you got back in return, you got a solid young player in, in Wendell Carter, a pretty young player still overall and a good piece, I think, in Otto Porter, yeah. and two first-round draft picks. 
that to me would be the asking price or in a similar, uh, you know, a similar vein, what I'd be looking for in a deal for Kyle Lowry. Right. I want at least a rotation player. I want a young piece and I want at least one pick. And then I'll flip it then, Timmy. When you look at what the Boston Celtics gave up to acquire Fournier, yeah. what the Raptors got, got for, for Norm Powell, Powell. Yeah, I'm with Fournier you. and Powell are very similar players, at least when you look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, Fournier doesn't have the championship pedigree that Norm Powell does, but you got a young player and financial flexibility in terms of acquiring Rodney Hood uh, and, and Gary Trent Jr., not just two second-round picks. So I think when people are evaluating what Masai Ujiri did yeah. and didn't do, I think he did very well in what he got for Norm Powell. And I think he and Bobby Webster did very well for what they weren't willing to do if the package wasn't right for Kyle Lowry, based on other deals that were made. So if Canadian fans aren't necessarily watching the Raptors deep into the postseason, could they be watching Denver deep into the postseason? Because it's going to be – I don't care what they end up being. Watching Jokic throw lobs to Aaron Gordon is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. (laughs) Uh, I I just think we need to see Jokic play at least some semblance of defense because we didn't see it at all. His numbers look great, 20, 10, and 5 against the Raptors, but he needs to defend for that team to be able to take the next step. And if I don't Mm -hmm. think – if Jokic doesn't defend, I'm not sure. I would love to see it because I love Jamal Murray and I love the – Canadian angle and they're a hell of a team, uh, but I think that they've got to be better defensively if they want to compete, especially in the West. All right, one of the reasons why we employ Jesse Rubinoff is to give the fans their voice, and yes. especially on a day like today when we are uh, talking about some major moves made and not made, we wanted to get the the fans' voice in. So, Jesse, what are you hearing right now well, at Tim and Friends on Twitter? I'm like giggling a little bit over here because we had the match game question earlier, mm-hmm. and the responses just keep trickling in, and some of them are. Really funny. Really funny. So why don't we throw up the question here is what we asked. Match game. Raptors trade deadline left me feeling blank. And here are some of the responses, okay? Stewart says, fired up. Sneak into the playoffs and avoid Brooklyn in the first round. See what happens. Eyes emoji. Kyle deserves what he wants. Hashtag wrote. Hey, Torquia, can you leave uh, Jesse alone? Yeah. Uh, He's trying to do his job on on TV. Quit sending direct messages, (laughs) Torquia. Unacceptable. All right. Careful what you're sending there, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Even more so. Tyler says, like LeBron after J.R. Smith thought they were winning and ran away with the ball. Wow. That never, I mean, that gift, I could watch that all day long. That never, ever gets old. So people think that that, they went the wrong way. They're J.R. Smith. The Raptors are J.R. Smith on this day. I'm not feeling that. I think that's what Tyler's going for. Kyle flashed the peace sign. Everybody was ready for him to leave. You were starting to come to grips with that happening. And then it didn't happen. And that's where you get the LeBron. Right? I just don't know if I'm buying it. I know what you're saying. I understand the theory. Uh, I just don't know if I'm buying it. I thought when I saw the, the peace sign last night, I thought that was No, dead. but I think the LeBron means that you went the wrong way. Yes, I, I think that's right. Yes. Not you didn't expect this to happen. <laughs> yeah. Which is where you're going with it. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? I, I got you. Are they suggesting that Bobby Webster, who who sent that uh, that tweet in? You still got it there? It's Tyler. Tyler. Tyler, Tyler, a couple Tyler games, right so. back in. Yeah. Are you suggesting that I think he is? I don't think there's any question. He is suggesting that Messiah Jury and Bobby Webster went the wrong way. We're going to get an answer for Tyler. I know yeah. Tyler's. Gonna, Tyler's a regular. Tyler's going to 
to write it. He's, he a, Tim, write he's a Tim and Sid slash friends OG. Let's hear it, Tyler. All right. Want to move on here? Grady says, a weekend bender full of highs and lows, but in the end, you're happy it's over and the boys are all still together. Another good one. Maybe giggle. Adam says, like we parked the car, walked out, best friend in the airport, got ready to say goodbye, and the flight got canceled. <laughs> now we have to work out what other fun we can have. Pity our friend Norman's flight left an hour earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very Two good. In a row. And Sandra says, Raptors trade deadline. Let me make the gift a little bigger. Raptors trade deadline. Let me feeling like I was about to lose Kevin in Home Alone. Stressed. Stressed. Kevin. I still like it. I think this has been a fun 24 hours. Like, I don't know if it, you, I mean, you working so close to it. Can you, like, can you yeah. see the forest from the tree and yeah. just enjoy it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, but I, I've been in the spot where I'm covering it and it becomes stressful. And you're like, oh my God, I, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's why we've got Grange here. It's up to Grange <laughs> to have to really break things. You know, I can just kind of call games and, 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 and wait for things to settle. Now, honestly, I, listen, at the end of the day, why do we all get into this? Because yeah. we love sports, man. It's, so it, like it, it's, yeah. it is fun. And I'll tell you, to, to the point that, that Jesse was making, and we saw the, the clips again of, of Kyle leaving the, the court and whatnot, and it, it, he's a man of the moment. He knows. He knows. He's probably playing it up a little bit too, right? Like, you know, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle is he's, – he's learned how to master the game. He's absolutely a showman. Mm. And, uh, and even holding court last night for 20-plus minutes – it could be all part of the part of the ruse in a sense. Yeah. He knew there was a chance it could go down, yeah. but I don't know that it was a guarantee that it was happening. And then, of course, it didn't. Anything else on there, uh, Jesse? Just in terms of people weighing in, I feel like we should just put a poll up right now that says, "Are you happy with what the Raptors did at deadline on deadline day? Yes or no?" We can do that. Simple as that, and just That's what gauge. I'm here for. And just gauge where the Raptors fan base is at right now because I don't really know. Do you like you talk to them a lot, Eric? Do yeah. you know? Are they happy? Like I feel like most of them are happy. I, I think most are happy that Kyle is still here, but they don't know what it means. Yes. Because right. does that mean he's here for another year or two, or is this you know we're we're just kind of incomplete? Get that highlight pack ready for uh, June, July. Yeah, thank you. And Save it all, roll guys. it back again, right? <laughs> roll it, it all, back, guys. Um, and then, and then I know there are some people saying, "Well, why did you deal Norm if you just dealt him for a similar type player?" And I think the answer to that should be fairly obvious in terms of younger yeah. player, financial flexibility, et cetera, and maybe not being in a position to be able to pay Norm what he wants or what he will want in the offseason, and still have him with OG and Pascal and Fred. So I think Ignor- it makes sense. Right? Ignorance is not a defense in no. this show. No. Uh, the hardcores watch this show. <laughs> You understand. You better. Norm was going to leave, and he was yeah. going to get paid $20 million a year, and you're saving about $15 million a year and getting a similar type player back that has growth potential. Listen, when you, when you break it down to me and just go, let's put it all in one package. Mm-hmm. If you were to say you're trading Norm Powell, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas for Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, and two second-round picks – Let's say that's a pretty good package overall when you look at a big picture like that. So I, I, I don't have a problem with what they and, did, and I think most fans see it as well. And Norm earned his way out, right? Like yes. He drafted, he developed, and I want to, like, tip of the cap. Like, going from where he the, – the person who was drafted in front of him, if I'm not mistaken, was Marcus Thornton, the second Marcus Thornton, who didn't play a game in the NBA and right now is playing in the Bundesliga. <laughs> and Norm's about to get – 
$20 million a year. So tip of the cap to Norm Powell. Stanley Johnson was a top 10 pick in that draft. Yeah, he was, so. what, 38 spots behind Stanley Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You're right. And he's going to get paid about $20 million a year. So uh, tip of the cap to, to Norm Powell. And, again, ignorance is not a defense to those who watch the show. I love um, it. Eric Smith, Jesse Rubinoff, put on the poll, okay? We'll get the poll going. We'll get the poll. I'm on it. Careful. We're not <laughs> done with the Raptors story. More with Eric Smith, who hangs around. Matt Devlin on his way. And after the break, some big hockey stories to get to as well. Are the Flames playoff hopes done? What's going on with Matthew Kachuk's ice time? And it's Jack Campbell for the Leafs tonight. Is he already their number one? CJ Eric Francis after the break. Tim and Friends. Obviously, I realize this is a big NBA day, and I think we've treated it as such, and we'll continue to. But some really intriguing stuff brewing in the Scotia North Division after a pair of really tough losses for the Flames and Canucks. In fact, has a pair of fan bases in Calgary and Vancouver wondering if their playoff hopes are over. Now, it sounds a little premature with Vancouver just two points back and the Flames just four points back, but it must be said, fourth place Montreal has six games in hand on the Knucks and three in hand on Calgary. Vancouver watching Andrew Kopp score two of his four goals on the night on back-to-back too-many-men penalties was enough to send more than a few Canucks fans over the edge, and that doesn't take a hell of a lot. Focusing on the deadline, too, in Vancouver. While in Calgary, after back-to-back late-game losses to the Senators and their fourth-string goaltender, Philip Gustafson, there are even more questions for a group that thought it may have found something under Daryl Sutter. One of those questions, as shocking as it would have seemed just a couple weeks back, is about Matthew Kachuk, who played just 13 minutes, 45 seconds last night in Ottawa and a season-low 13.09 on Friday in Toronto. Those are two of his four lowest numbers on the season. So we asked Eric Francis, is there cause for concern in Cowtown? There is absolutely cause for concern in Calgary, and you don't have to be one of these math geeks to do the numbers. They need to go 16-6 and pretty much to have a real shot at making the playoffs, catching the Montreal Canadiens and leapfrogging uh, the Vancouver Canucks. So, Matthew Kachuk is one of a handful of players right now offensively that has to get going. The Calgary Flames are not scoring goals. They've scored two goals in their last three games. Matthew Kachuk's minutes are down by almost five minutes a game right now. I asked Daryl Sutter about it today, and I got a rare admission from the boss saying, I need to manage his minutes better. I need to play him more. We rarely hear something like that from Daryl Sutter. But moving forward, he promises to play Matthew Kachuk a lot more. Now, listen, we've heard a lot of names used to call Matthew Kachuk. Game breaker, game changer, difference maker. Those are three of the most accurate ones. They need to get him on the ice more. He hasn't exactly warranted more minutes because he hasn't played great under Sutter. But he needs more ice time to prove himself. Meanwhile, the Leafs are next up for the Sens in our nation's capital. Jack Campbell gets the call, and many in Toronto's mind, he is the new number one. Is the goalie controversy over in Leafsland or just starting? For that, we go to Chris Johnston. Chris? 
Well, I think the truth is, Tim, the Maple Leafs would love to have a goalie controversy start. Because for that to happen, they need to have both Jack Campbell and Frederick Anderson healthy and playing well. And so far, at, the, at no point this season have they really had those conditions both in place. I mean, Frederick Anderson uh, hasn't been on the ice since playing last Friday, uh, at least as far as we know. He certainly didn't participate in any official team activities during this week. And so, you know, you can't ignore what Jack Campbell's done. But this is his fifth start of the season tonight in Ottawa. You know, he's had his own uh, lower body issues throughout this season. And so, you know, it may yet come that there's a controversy if Campbell could continues to play well if Anderson gets back in the net and, and is also playing well and there's a decision for Sheldon Keefe but you know to my eyes really so far this year there hasn't been much of a decision and I guess the the one positive in all this is that Campbell's back now and he hasn't allowed a goal since January <laughs> pretty good number pretty good number when you haven't allowed it. I mean, he's been out for some of that but there's also a shutout in the mix uh, Eric Smith rejoins me and so does Mark Stein on this NBA trade deadline covering the NBA since 1994 currently with the New York Times. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Really, really appreciate it. Good to be with you, sir. Uh, I want to get to the rest of the NBA, but let's start with the Toronto Raptors. Are you surprised that Kyle Lowry is still a member of the squad? I am. To be honest, I really thought, based on everything we saw last night, the way that basically it was anything short, you know, just just short of goodbye, and just knowing that really Kyle was the only difference maker in this market, um, in this marketplace, I mean, this was a this was as frantic a trade deadline day as we've ever seen. But really, Kyle was the only guy in play who, I think, if you ask people around the league, that people would have said this guy can still change the the playoff landscape. So from that perspective, I really did think it was going to happen today. But uh, you know, Toronto had a had a line; they held the line. You know, Philly and Miami the same way. They were only going to go as far as they were willing to go. So you saw, and you know, throw the Lakers in there too, you saw really four front offices be pretty resolute in how far they were willing to go. And, and we ended up with a stalemate that I would say is the, the, the biggest surprise of them all. And we saw some surprises today. Vucevic was a guy that nobody thought was getting traded, and he got traded. So this was yeah. a day of surprises, but Kyle, Kyle, Staying in Toronto, I think, tops the list. Hey, Mark, you mentioned those those four front offices at a stalemate. Um, if I ask you to get out that crystal ball, when the dust settles come July, is there going to be a team that you say they should have made the move? Is you know should Philly, uh, should should Miami, should LA have gone all in? And and for that matter, is it going to come back to bite Toronto that they stood pat and maybe they have to go through this all again in free agency in just a few months? I think it's probably easiest for Toronto to take this stance because, uh, you know, there there is you would have to think that given the close relationship that Kyle has with the franchise, that he's going to give them the chance to work out some kind of sign and trade. So if he decides to go play elsewhere, they don't lose him for absolutely nothing. For those other three teams that have title aspirations this season, I mean, it's hard to project now. You know, the Lakers you can't really even talk about their feeling until we know how soon LeBron James and Anthony Davis can get back in the lineup and, and how they're going to look when they get back. Um, you know, for Philly, it's really interesting with Philly because Daryl Morey is known as such a wheeler dealer. And, you know, he wouldn't put Tyrese Maxey 
in the trade when James Harden was available. You know, right. Ben Simmons was the centerpiece of that deal. Tyrese Maxey was untouchable. And that's why I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen today because my thought is, are they really going to put Maxey in now? And when they wouldn't, they, they're they willing to give up Maxey for, uh, you know, for, for Kyle Lowry, but they weren't willing to give up Maxey for James Harden. And, and it looks like the, the Sixers took an even harder line this time. I mean, they... They didn't want to trade Maxi or Tybull or Picks. I mean, you know, they they did the, the George Hill deal. They did was just, I mean, it's second rounders. It's just much less expensive. So, you know, the specifics. I can't sit here and tell you that I know the exact specifics of of where the talks with the Sixers broke down yet. I, I'm sure that will emerge here sooner rather than later. Um, but Miami, we know they did not want to include Tyler Hero. They did not want to include Goran Dragic as well. So, you know, they were only willing to go so far. And the minute they pivoted and went to Oladipo, you knew Miami was out. So, you know, the whole league was watching and watching this. I mean, this thing took up the whole day, even though all these other trades were flying around. It was pretty Pretty crazy. I, 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 as you were talking about Philadelphia and Daryl Morey and how much of a wheeler dealer he is, I started to wonder if this speaks to one how far Brooklyn has gotten ahead of everybody else in the Eastern Conference and perhaps his confidence in his team. Do do you think that maybe he thought maybe we're not that close? I'm not so sure it's that because look, as great as Brooklyn has obviously looked, mm-hmm. we've still seen their three main guys together for less than 200 minutes. Yeah. And ultimately, Durant, Irving, and Harden are going to have to function in the playoffs together before we can really assess what they have. So I know on paper they look spectacular. But, look, I, I think Philadelphia really likes this team. I mean, I think it's really as much about you know, the future with Kyle, wherever Kyle landed today, he wanted to know that was a place that he could get a two-year deal that, you know, a, a, a lucrative two-year deal. And, you know, from what I gather, I think the Heat are definitely willing to to put that on the table for him. But I'm sure Miami could say to themselves, we'll have that opportunity in the summer as well. You know, the, the deals they've done are with, with guys in the last year of their deal. So they the Miami has still maintained it financial flexibility um i'm interested to hear more from from daryl Morey, and then i can give you a better right. answer and you know daryl is the guy who will come out and and give some level of, of explanation for his thinking there but this is this is now two trades in a row where you know he held assets back and i mean it's it's i'm, I'm still i'm still surprised in the in the harden case too so it, it's uh there are unanswered questions. Hey, Mark, we've got about a minute left here. Do you think every one of these teams, Philly, L.A., Miami, all looked at it potentially and said, well, we could maybe just go sign the guy in the offseason and not give up any assets right now? Yeah, I mean, that's always, that's always part of it. And, and, you know, the Lakers, look, the Lakers' desperation to get into this, that was, an, you know, another one of the surprises. Two days ago, was anybody talking about the Lakers as a contender? For Kyle, I mean, everybody thought this was a Philly and Miami sweepstakes. Um, but, you know, the Lakers decided, you know, th- they've had trouble getting Dennis Schroeder to agree to a contract extension. And, you know, Tavius Caldwell-Pope was a massive part of their title team. And suddenly 
those guys are available, but you can also understand from the Raptors' perspective, if Taylor Horton Tucker is not in the deal, there's no deal the Lakers can offer for them to show right. any interest. So, right. uh, I mean, that it, it didn't it didn't really it didn't really make sense. But again, because of the relationship between player and and management, I, I have to think that you know the Raptors either figure out a way to keep Kyle there and extend this happy marriage, or if he's going to go somewhere else in the offseason that, you know, he'll, he'll give them something just like we saw with Boston and Gordon Hayward. And look, that trade exception that Boston generated yeah. helped them get Evan Fournier today. So yeah. I do think that's, that's, that's possible. Uh, Mark, we are up against the network out, so we appreciate your time as always, and we'll do it again soon. Gotcha. Uh, Take the, care, guys. Yeah, you too. Uh, the beauty of this is there are all unanswered questions. Yeah. And uh, everything's incomplete. Bobby Webster will speak at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, and apparently will join us tomorrow on the show. Tomorrow uh, on the show. Tomorrow on the show. Did they say tomorrow on the show? You did. A couple time, of times. Time for a break. Hockey Central up next on Sports. Tomorrow on the show. Uh, plenty more Raptors talk with Eric Smith. Next. Back in 60, right back at you. Eric Smith in studio with me, Tim McCall. Hey, did you know Bobby Webster's going to join us tomorrow on the show? Is it tomorrow? Can you just confirm before the end of the show, though? It is tomorrow. I was going to say time for a break, and then I said tomorrow again. So I just doubled down on the Bobby Webster because it'll be an interesting conversation with Bobby Webster tomorrow. no matter when we talk to him. Right. just so happens it's going to be tomorrow. You know who we're speaking to today? Let me guess. My guy, Matty D. Matty D joins us from the palatial compound that is the Dublin <laughs> residence. Maddie, how are you, buddy? Oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Look at Brand new microphone with a sock. Just put it, just, just got it out of the box. Now, wow. do you, so do there you, you go. Do you do it yourself or do you have like text because you're Maddie Devlin? Uh, I wish I had text. <laughs> I wish I had. I'm not, I am not you. I do not have the TV outside by the pool, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but Tim, Tim and Eric have that sort of setup all happening. Hey. Great to join both of you. Hey, man. Uh, off of Amazon. TCL, that's two forty nine. You get your Rogers Ignite box, which is about <laughs> sixteen bucks a, uh, a month on top, and you're good to go. You can put your TV outside yep. anytime. He needs I, the pool like too. That's less than three hundred bucks. You know what I'm talking about, Matty D? I know. And then and then how much for that pool? Well, that's, that's <laughs> pool's a little more. Pool's a little more. Can't get that on Amazon, or maybe <laughs> no, you can. Uh, are you surprised? We've asked everyone. Like I think everyone's kind of surprised that uh, we sit here right now, uh, about three and a half hours after the trade deadline has passed, and Kyle Lowry is still a Raptor. Are you? Well, you got a sense that certainly after last night that that may have been his final game as a Raptor, but then also, you knowing Messiah and Bobby Webster, as well as, you know, I do, you know, I, I, I don't think that they were going to uh, do a deal that they didn't want to do uh, that they felt would improve uh, the Toronto Raptors, not only, you know, here in the short term, but certainly, you know, with respect to the future. So um, am I surprised you know, it's a 50-50, maybe a little bit because of the moves that occurred throughout the course of the day where uh, Terrence and Matt were traded. And the and the thought was that you're clearing some room on the roster yeah. uh, to make an addition. But I'll say this, you know, the door is still open 
with respect to the summertime free agency, a sign and trade. Uh, so this isn't finished yet. You know, Matty, it's interesting. We were touching on that earlier, too, when you talked about the offseason and, and, and what they may do. You just laid it out. There are so many options. But looking at this season specifically, how competitive do you think this team can still be now when you say, all right, you lost Norm Powell, you replaced with Gary Trent Jr., but you're still rolling forward then with Lowry and Siakam and Van Vliet and Ananobi and Boucher. And we've seen teases, even as crazy as it sounds, watching nine losses in a row, we've seen teases that, man, this team can be pretty good if, if they can put it together. Well, and we know this with respect to Masai. When you look at the deals that he typically does, uh, he likes to work you know, most of the time in the summer doing deals instead of you know, right at the deadline. Um, so I think that this will allow them, as far as the summertime, with respect to you know, Kyle to really lay out a plan. In the immediacy of, of what we look at here, we know the three segments of what this season has been, right? The two and eight, the 15 and nine, and, and then the nine straight losses. And then last night, you know, the classic resilient Raptor response of coming out and winning a game. I think now you pick up the phone and you have conversations about the buyout market. And there's two players out there, Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge. And the word is obviously LaMarcus Aldridge is, you know, quite possibly, you know, headed to Miami. And then as far as Andre Drummond, from everything you read and hear today, you know, would it be L.A., Clippers or Lakers? Will it be Miami? Or is it a place like New York that has a lot of cap space in the summertime, so maybe an audition there. Well, there's an audition, an ability to audition here as well with the Toronto Raptors. So we know there's a need at the five, uh, unless they want to continue to play small, which obviously, as we know, is an option. However, I would think now you start to get active to see what that buyout market uh, would entail specifically with an Andre Drummond, probably a better chance there than LaMarcus Aldridge. Matt Devlin joining Eric Smith and I on Tim and Friends. This is the second time the Raptors have dealt for Gary Trent from Portland. The last time was about 23 years ago, and it involved Alvin Williams and Damon Stoudemire. What what are the Raptors getting in uh, Gary Trent Jr. and in Rodney Hood? Well, I think this is really important because when you look at Norm, he's going to opt out, yeah. right? And he's going to get uh, money this Cash. summer. Yes, he is, and deservedly so. And uh, and we're we're really happy for for Norm. And and with respect to uh, Gary Trent Jr., you know, you're getting somebody uh, that's six five, has some length, can shoot it, is a thirty nine forty percent three point shooter. Uh, that and and also you look at his number this summer, and it's going to be roughly around two point one uh, because he's a second round draft choice. Rodney hood has had some really good solid seasons and has some length. Um, and I know that when you look at the wing um, in that two, three spot, 
uh, you know, having a little bit of that, I think, is going to be beneficial. He's a veteran. He's had some injuries in the past. But there have been seasons, both of you know, that he has been productive. And, and so you get two guys that immediately become rotation players immediately uh, for the Toronto Raptors. And I like the move for Gary Trent Jr. because it's going to be something financially uh, that's going to allow you to continue to have flexibility in the summertime. And as we know, with Rodney, uh, his contract isn't fully guaranteed. You know, it's it's interesting, Matt, when you think about, uh, as you noted, you get a player that can score similar to the way that Norm does or or, or did for Toronto now, who's younger, who's going to cost you less. You can understand why this move was made. And, and I, I made the point to Timmy earlier, I don't know if you'd agree, you look at what Boston uh, gave up, or, or maybe the other way to say it is what Orlando got for Evan Fournier, having a career year averaging just under 20 points. They get two second-round picks. The Raptors get two guys that, as you say, are going to step right into the rotation, and at least one of those two guys we would assume that they're looking at as a key part of their future, the, the next few years at least going forward. Oh, I would agree, and, and I think you know specifically with – uh, Gary Trent Jr., that's certainly the case. And, and with Rodney Hood, we'll see how yeah. obvious things play out. But I like those moves. You're right. You're, you're looking at uh, a player in Norman Powell that deserves to opt out and, and get a big payday and could not be happier for him. And, and I think back to his rookie year um, and with really a series hanging in the balance against Indiana, 92-90, I think the score was at the time. He steals the ball, goes down, ties the game at 92-92. And that really, that moment, does everything happen if not for that moment? Because the Raptors then rally, and that really started this unbelievable run uh, that they currently have been on. And now what's going to be interesting, and we know this, this team, you have a good week not only this team, but in the Eastern Conference, you have a good week and you're right back in it. And so can they build on last night against a very difficult Phoenix team? And then you're going to get a chance to see uh, Norman Powell and the Portland Trailblazers this weekend as well. So this is a team that can get back into it. Now the question is, how deep can they get? And I think some of that's going to depend upon, you know, are they going to be able to be active in the buyout market? And I'll say this with respect to that. I know in the past that they've had some difficulty with that, but this year you're in Florida. Everybody knows you're going to be in Florida. It's a no state income tax state. And I think that that could be a benefit if mm. they end up uh, out on the buyout market looking for someone. Matt Devlin joining us here on Tim and Friends. All right, Matty, let's step outside of our home and native land. Uh, who among the other teams in the NBA took the greatest strides today towards uh, achieving their ultimate goal? What's the best deal that you saw out there? Was it Portland? Was it Orlando just cleaning house and getting something back? Was it maybe Denver? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that anybody did a deal today that changes anything. I think that deal was already done. I mean, I like what Orlando did because you had to do that given where you are as a franchise. Yeah. Um, and I know in Chicago, they felt as though enough is enough. We have to get back in the mix. And so they picked up Nikola Vucevic, who you like if you play him 
uh, you know, I mean, you got some other talent around them. I think that that's a solid move. But the move that was made, we all know what the move was. And it was made earlier in the year, and that is James Harden, right? And I think like everybody else, you go back and you think about what the Houston Rockets maybe didn't do and had the ability to have throughout all of this. I think most people in the NBA kind of shake their head. But I think if you look at the standings, Milwaukee picked up P.J. Tucker. That's a good pickup. Philadelphia, George Hill, good pickup. Nets, James Harden. You know, that mm-hmm. pickup, we know yeah. what that means. <laughs> you, you know who the most valuable uh, player after James Harden would have been? Was Kyle Lowry. Right. And the Raptors knew that, right? right? They knew that. And so, okay, teams, you didn't want to provide what we were looking for? Fine. Then we're going to move this down the line and based upon you know, what we know they can do in the summertime. This may be a situation where you sign Kyle and he does finish his career as a Raptor, or you can potentially do a sign and trade as we discussed earlier. Uh, Maddie, that Mike, solid pickup. Oh, yeah. Is it good? Uh, yeah. Did it work? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, you sound Does crystal it? clear. The, the the magical pipes of Maddie D coming through. Clear. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Join Tim and friends <laughs> nice. with Eric. Special guest, Eric Smith, coming up next. <laughs> nice. I, uh, we're going to get him to do yeah, Mark Strong. Like Mark yeah. Strong, yeah. Uh, Maddie, thanks for doing this. Always a pleasure, my buddy. Hey, anytime. Uh, there is uh, Maddie D from the Palatial. Matty D compound. Um, Ricardo wrote in earlier, and I, I bookmarked it because I thought to myself, is this the next thing? Is Masai Jiri re-signed yet? It's, <laughs> that is the question that continues to go unanswered, right? Yeah. Or the topic that continues to go undiscussed. Right. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, undiscussed? Yeah. I, I don't know. It so. sounded weird coming out of my mouth. I don't know. But it, that's the next one, right? Because as we talked for the last hour here, hour and a half, about negotiations with Where Kyle Lowry going, in the offseason. What they're and doing, yeah. If it, that would be my first question. Is like, well, hold on a second. Before I decide, are you going to be here? Because that might impact my decision. So, yeah, that needs to probably get cleared up sooner than later. Uh, maybe I'll ask Bobby Webster. Do you know when he's joining me? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, you're going to join the show tomorrow, Bobby Webster. Uh, stick around for last call. Yes. All right, we'll go back to the poll with Jesse Rubinoff. We asked people uh, whether or not they enjoyed the Raptors' uh, deadline day. We'll go to that poll next. Last call. Tim and friends. Sportsnet. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Movember and Sportsnet have teamed up on a content series hoping to get Canadian men to level up their mental fitness. The mental game takes an intimate look at setbacks and challenges experienced by top athletes as well as how they overcame them. This week's focus on how change can sometimes be overwhelming as a top hockey prospect, which turned trainer Daryl Levy into sharing his story. You can watch the full episode at sportsnet.ca slash mental game. But here's a sneak peek. You spend your whole life working for one goal. That's all you know. That's all you think about. They said to me, you know, we're, we're going to let you go. It just killed me. I'm done. I got nothing left. I didn't know what's next. My next passion and what I always known was training. 
push and then drive out. I just really started off simple. Focus on athletes and making them better. Knowing what I felt, I want to make sure that that person can truly feel the full extent of what their dream feels like. I want to make that dream come true for someone else. Whatever you did at one point, you know, take time away and just think about what else you enjoyed doing, you know, what other things brought joy to your heart. Awesome. Perspective is expensive. It doesn't always have to be, though. And when guys like that can show you the way, can help a ton. Eric Smith in studio here on Tim and Friends. Are you ready to do a little last call? Absolutely. We asked for a poll here on Tim and Friends on whether or not Raptor fans um, agreed or disagreed with what was done on deadline day. Jesse, you got the latest? Well, hold on a second. Can we, can we make a prediction? What do you think? Like, like yeah, we, we can make a prediction. Yeah, I like it. I, I, think, think, I think they're going to be overwhelmingly good with it. I think it's going to be uh, less overwhelming, but still good. All right. Both Let's wrong. see who has the finger on the pulse. <laughs> so, yes, Timmy, you asked us to put up a poll, and that's exactly what we did. Are you happy with what the Raptors did on trade deadline day? Simple enough, yes or no. And here are the results. 55.6% say yes. 44.4% say no, and I'm yes, not sir. saying that yes, sir. Masai and Bobby care what the fans say, but that's a divided fan base. But I was right. Can we, before we get to the you actual were right. topic. Yeah, you were yeah. more yeah. right than me. <laughs> yep. yes. right. Timmy had but, his finger on the but, ball. But yes, you, you are correct in, in if they care, and I don't think they do. No. <laughs> they have think. a plan. Yeah. And think, just although to, my grades in school, I would say 55 is overwhelming. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't 50-50. It's above right. 50. But, yeah, you, you won. You but won. You're, su- you're surprised by that? I am a little bit surprised because, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I feel like most people had come to grips with the fact that one or both were going to be dealt. And when one was only dealt and the return was pretty good and the other one wasn't dealt and it means that you still have a chance to be pretty good right now. I would have thought more people would be cool with that. I think people came to the thought that there was going to be Kyle out the door, start anew with some good young pieces, and Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. would be the majority of the no's. It were the people who came come to grips with Kyle leaving. But but would those same people have acknowledged that the reason that you don't have those young pieces is because they weren't offered, and that was better to walk away, not make said move, yeah, right. and as opposed to making a bad move. Well, don't don't bring logic into the equation. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, let's continue on with the last call. Uh, so why don't we close the book on match game? Yes, and the please. way we're going right. to do this is we asked Tyler to clarify specifically mm-hmm. what he meant with the gif oh. with LeBron and J.R. Smith. Yeah. So why don't we just give a refresher? So let's okay. pull that tweet up. So Tyler wrote in, like LeBron after J.R. Smith thought they were winning and ran away with the game ball. Uh, so Tyler wrote in, at Tim and Fred's, not suggesting that they went the wrong way, but all signs pointed to Raptors aggressively pursuing a trade and looking at the open roster spots. You thought they were somewhat close to a trade. It was overall surprising a trade was not made, especially as there was a risk he walks in free agency How for nothing. How many tweets did Tyler send when we, co- we asked him to respond, and okay. he did. All right. When we he could have right. possibly decent right. prospects yeah. and picks to further development. So Tyler has clarified exactly what he meant. So he How do you was feel really about that? confused once... Matt Thomas, who wasn't playing, yeah, and Terrence Davis. So yes. Davis is a bit of a rotation piece. Uh, I he can was. understand. He was, but he hadn't been playing a whole lot lately. No, I know. 
So what he's saying is, well, they cleared the roster spots. Mm-hmm. Make the move that you're clearing the roster spots for. Well, and I think it should speak to what you touched on earlier. Maybe our guy Tyler was hoping for Tyler Hero, and that's probably right. why he was getting a little excited about the whole thing. And I, Timmy, you said it earlier, and I think it's bang on. You're clearing the space for the anticipation of either the possibility of or the likelihood of making said deal that yeah. brings you back some young pieces in a two-for-one, three-for-one type deal. Yeah. And when it doesn't materialize... You walk away, your Masai, mm-hmm. your body say, forget it. And that's right. when Miami says, okay, fine, Victor Oladipo, boom. Uh, I've jumped the gun uh, 25 times on last call. Do you have any more match games before I jump the gun once we again? We closed on the last book call. on match game. Match <laughs> game was fun. We closed the book on it. Let's move along with last call, why don't we? After the uh, Orlando Magic traded away both Aaron Gordon oh. and Nikola. Vucevic, Terrence Ross posted this Captain Phillips movie gif on Twitter. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Uh, is this the most Terrence Ross thing ever, E? I'm hoping that this is more Terrence looking around and saying, I'm all that's left. And not <laughs> and not actually look at me, I'm the captain, this is my team. I'm I'm hoping that there was humor and sarcasm in that. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. It, yeah. It's it's both hilarious and if it's indeed what some are making it out to be ignorant, but I don't think that. I'm with you. I, I, I hope it's just yeah. a, a solid joke. And I know he was tight with Fournier, so I'm assuming it was sarcasm, yeah. given that literally everybody else was traded, Although, and he's the only one standing. If you're a Magic fan, I don't know how funny you find that. No. He's going to be jacking like 25 shots a game now. He's <laughs> well, who else is there? Yeah. There's nobody left. Uh, with all the Kyle Lowry attention today and the rap moves the Raptors did make, we didn't talk about last night's game very much, but the all-women's broadcast crew yeah. of Megan McPeak, Kia Nurse, Kayla Gray, Kate Burnett, and Amy Audebert called the Raptors' win over the Number. Nuggets to break the losing streak. Get the Maltese name right, all right? Uh, gents, how awesome was that? Broadcast. Well, I'll just quickly say, I didn't get a chance to watch it or listen to it because I had the radio call last night, but I was in the building uh, for at least Kia and Meg and had a chance to talk to them both uh, before the game, at the half, after the game, went back and watched them in the game as well. I thought it was absolutely outstanding, and, and I expected nothing less because let's not forget this wasn't just one night where a bunch were thrown together. This is Kia Nurse. This is Meg McPeak, who already was calling 905 games and working for the WNBA with Washington. Yeah. And, and and Kate Burness and Kayla Gray for the work they've already done at years for TSN, let alone yeah. uh, Amy and the work she's been doing with the 905. So these are pros that already know what they're doing. They're already fantastic at their job, and they were put together collectively. I, I expected them to knock it out of the park. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is they're all young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all young, talented broadcasters. So very cool to see that, yeah. without a doubt. Great and I job. echo almost everything Eric says. Yeah, great job. Uh, a crazy day with the NBA trade deadline today, obviously. And the NHL trade deadline is only two and a half weeks away. And big news on that front today as the Canadian federal government will reportedly approve a seven-day quarantine with extra testing for American-based players picked up by Canadian teams before the deadline. The quarantine had previously been 14 days. Tim, with this news, do you think the NHL trade deadline just got a heck of a lot busier? I thought it got a a heck of a lot more fair. And listen, I know that this always turns into political rants from people out there. The 14-day to 7-day comes with markedly more testing than any normal individual who would be coming back to Canada. Mm -hmm. So you've got to produce the negatives in order for it to be a seven-day test. That said, it was unfair on the goalie market for Canadian teams when they had injuries. Look all around Canada. Edmonton to start, Ottawa in the last little while. It was 
flat out unfair that they had to wait 14 days for players to clear. So this evens it up a little bit. I'll give it five seconds. I don't have a problem with it, but I do have a problem with the fact that you got the Jays and the Raptors playing south of the border and we're making special exceptions for the NHL. Mm. I'll just leave it at that. That's an interesting one. Actually, I mean, it's a couple players versus I hear you. entire I hear you. teams I hear crossing you. the border. Uh, thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I, I like the point, though. Thank you, Jesse, Thanks, as always. Uh, thank you, friends, as always. We'll be back tomorrow. By the way, Bobby Webster's on the show tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Come on.